Hello and welcome to the Future of Mobility, the KPMG podcast series for global mobility leaders. In this series, we offer short, insightful episodes you can listen to on your way to work or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. This series looks at some of the most pressing issues and opportunities facing global mobility departments in the modern business world through interviews with leaders in global mobility, human resources, tax and other areas of business from KPMG and beyond. In today's episode, we talk to Catherine Avery, Principal at KPMG in the US, and Glenn Collins, Senior Manager also of KPMG in the US. Catherine and Glenn are both part of KPMG's Global Mobility Services practice. Catherine has 20 years of experience in human resources and has built a distinguished record across a broad set of employee services, leading global mobility, compensation delivery, learning and development, and partnering with C-suite leaders to drive organizational productivity. Glenn has more than 18 years of experience in global business immigration, international human resources advisory, and global mobility management. He advises senior executives line business and international human resources professionals on the risks and complexities of the recruitment, transfer and temporary work of employees abroad. Catherine and Glenn, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having us. Hey, it's really good to be here. As you both know, as part of KPMG's Future of Mobility campaign, we're exploring the themes of geopolitics, digitization, and changing business models. Where does the topic of workforce inclusion and diversity fit? And why is having an inclusion and diversity strategy important? Actually, perhaps inclusion and diversity fits across all of these themes, but definitely within changing business models. Whether to mitigate risk or gain a competitive advantage, companies are continually evolving their business models And as business models evolve, organizations themselves evolve, in particular being driven and enabled by digitization and automation, which is resulting in fundamental shifts in the workforce. We have the reality of five generations in the workforce now and predictions for people to have a 100-year lifespan. Think of that impact alone to people working longer into their senior years. And certainly there is a genuine commitment by progressive, future-thinking organizations to embrace inclusion and diversity as part of the organizational culture. Organizations are not just changing the way that they behave or operate. They're changing the way that they're fundamentally structured. Catherine, what are your thoughts? I think global mobility functions really now need to carefully consider sort of what are their departmental uh, priorities, how they're going to mitigate the most um, significant risks, and really how best to structure their teams for the new reality of the future of global mobility and really the future of work more broadly. So while many organizations, you know, are transforming to become leaner and they're trying to look at being more employee-focused and predictive in their approach, they're also recognizing the value of being more inclusive and diverse. You've each built distinguished careers in human resources and global mobility. Perhaps based on your experience, you can talk to us about the challenges that can be addressed for global mobility by having an inclusion and diversity strategy. Well, first and fundamentally, progressive organizations already recognize the value that our differences as people bring to be a good organization for everyone. Having a formal IND strategy provides equal, inclusive developmental opportunities for everyone. As such, the organization's inclusion and diversity strategy should naturally cascade down from the top. But the strategy also needs to be embraced and driven throughout the organization by its top leaders who are committed to achieving an inclusive and diverse workforce. I completely agree. I would also suggest that 
Um, it provides, you know, having this IND lens on mobility provides an advantage to the global mobility function and to the company, uh, which in many ways, um, you know, the function has common synergies by um, supporting the IND work opportunities at home and abroad by understanding the company's talent and business goals, global mobility teams can really define their own strategy that's in line with the organizations to further promote inclusion and diversity goals through their functional support to broader talent engagement, development, and retention goals. I do want to note that in our survey, having a strong business case for inclusion and diversity across like all areas of the business was cited as the most common reason for setting global mobility inclusion and diversity goals. And as you talk to organisations, do you find that they generally have inclusion and diversity objectives as part of their global mobility strategy? Actually, no. In fact, according to KPMG's 2018 Inclusion and Diversity Opinion Survey of over 175 global organisations produced by KPMG, only 41% said that they possess specific IND objectives as part of their global mobility strategy. So it appears that a majority of organisations with global mobility programmes still have a ways to go to integrate with IND talent initiatives. Yeah, that's right, Glenn. And, you know, when asked why IND objectives are not included as part of global mobility, nearly 60% cited the fact that the candidates for international assignments or other kinds of moves are still determined by the business unit involved and not by or, or you know, in consultation with the global mobility function. So for those that do have specific inclusion and diversity objectives as part of their global mobility strategy, what is the key driver for including it? The most common reason an organization includes IND objectives as part of their global mobility strategy is that the organization has a strong business case for inclusion and diversity across all areas of the business. Again, it's critical to have a strong overarching IND strategy, which is proactively enacted throughout the talent lifecycle, which for global organizations means that IND is also embedded in international work opportunities. So based on your experience, do organizations still face challenges to inclusion and diversity progress? And if so, can you tell us what some of these challenges are? We still see many challenges that certainly can also be viewed as opportunities. And these include such areas as integration and training, not having a formal integration of the organization's overarching IND initiatives integrated with global mobility programs, and also global mobility members not trained on the fundamentals of IND and the key goals and objectives of the organization's initiatives. Data tracking. This may be one of the biggest hurdles, that being the scarcity of mobility-related data on most demographics apart from gender. Traditionally, IND points have not been captured by global mobility or even by HR in areas such as ethnicity, age, disability status, and working mothers. Prospective assignment talent pools may not be very diverse, coupled with assignment selection processes that fail to include the right mix of HR, talent management, and business stakeholders to reinforce the organization's wider IND objectives. Selection and assessment. Further to talent pools, assignment candidates are frequently determined solely by the business without involving talent stakeholders. Country laws. Host country immigration laws can make it difficult to achieve internal IND goals, such as criminal laws and immigration restrictions for LGBT employees who may not be able to have their same-sex spouse or partner enter legally or remain in country throughout the assignment, which can be really problematic. Demographic roadblocks. Demographic categorization of employees can also result in adverse decisions around offers for IAs. From our survey, when considering IND during selection of international signee candidates, 39% cited sexual orientation, 31% cited gender or gender identity. Similarly, 31% cited socioeconomic background, and 28% cited ethnicity as factors in their decision-making. Again, IND needs to be deliberate and a part of the quote-unquote DNA of talent development opportunities. 
So finally, what advice can you give our listeners who may be considering the best approach for integrating inclusion and diversity into their broader global mobility strategy? Yeah, there, there are some specific things uh, to sort of get started if you don't already have um, an IND strategy in global mobility. And it may be, it may feel a little daunting to some, but what I would say is the first thing is, you know, and to overcome the challenges that Glenn mentioned, just start simply by making it part of your dialogue, by making it part of the dialogue with the business leaders you're interacting with who are very active with mobile employees and with HR and, of course, with IND. Just having the dialogue um, will help you uh, or anybody who's trying to look at an IND strategy um, start opening the discussion and um, help identify where to focus. I'd say there are a couple other things we've seen um, as best practices and companies that are doing great with integrating their IND strategy and mobility with the business. Um, and really it's making sure what they do is they make sure that their IND strategy is aligned to the talent strategy, the business strategy, and the overall inclusion and diversity planning at the company level. And when there's that alignment, that's kind of when the magic happens. And and then kind of operationally and simply is looking at how to embed IND into your global mobility program and make it part of your processes. You know, for example, linking um, the organization's recruitment strategy to the selection of prospective globally mobile uh, candidates, um, definitely uh, building in diverse candidate slates for international assignments and other kinds of moves and opportunities. Um, you know, and I think another thing that we've seen companies do that is a best practice is, you know, visibly targeting diverse groups for international assignment opportunities. Uh, for example, flagging support for women, support for racial and ethnic minorities, LGBT candidates. And thinking about that and those different diverse groups, I think we need to consider how we factor in greater lead times to deployment of those, of the diverse talent. Um, sometimes these employees may require more time and more support during pre-assignment activities. That's great, Catherine. Thanks. And thanks to you and Glenn for taking the time to join us today. You've given us a lot to think about and we really appreciate you taking the time to go through it with us. Please let us know what you think of this episode or if you have any ideas for future episodes, please email us at tax at kpmg.com. And remember, you can find our latest publications, articles and other materials that address the issues discussed in this ongoing podcast series at kpmg.com forward slash future of mobility. Thanks for listening.